0: He's here and he's with us Romans 8:28 Father, we're humbled by your presence. We're humbled by your weight that is upon us. Thank you for your glory and your all-consuming fire. teach this let's try to pick this up and just get through this very quickly Romans 828 is a scripture that we've been using as a theme scripture for this message called the glory of the saints the New King James Version says and we know that all things work together for good to those who what love God God. so that means that God has a special classification of people where he makes a distinction in how their lives have to pan out Am I in this scripture? Romans 8, 28, make sure you're reading it so that you don't misunderstand it. God is making in this text a division between those that all things have to work together for the good of and the ones that all things will not work together for the good of. Those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose have built within the dynamics in the infrastructure of their relationship with God, a clause that says, no matter what transpires, God has to make sure that all of his agencies employ it for your good. Are y'all hearing that? Okay? Doesn't mean everything's always gonna be good. It means that ultimately the objective of everything, even when it's bad, is that it has to produce a good result. All right? Someone say the special class of people those who love him and are the called according to what that's another level of specificity okay because there are a lot of people that are called according to their own purpose and nothing will work out for them according to this clause because it only works for the good to those who love the lord and are the called according to his purpose what was god's issue with the prophets in ezekiel the 13th and the 14th chapter he didn't even call them false prophets in that text he said the issue was i never sent you So he acknowledged that you were a prophet, he acknowledged that you're prophesying, but his issue wasn't that you were prophesying or that you were a prophet, the issue was I never commissioned you. I didn't send you. So those prophets in that text are not operating according to his calling and his purpose, right? So he makes the classification, say, I love the Lord. Lord. And And I am the called according to his purpose. Everything that God does in creation, everything from eternity into this world has the worship of the Lord Jesus Christ and the best interest of his people as the objective. Somebody say the worship of Jesus Christ and the best interest of his people. Those are the two objectives of every dealing of God in the earth. Somebody say amen. Amen. To acknowledge this, you have to also acknowledge that he is the Lord over all of creation. And not just the Lord of the church or your particular side or part of the church. That means that God loves people that you detest. It means that he's going to be kind and merciful and good to people that you can't stand. Because he is the Lord over all of creation. Somebody say amen. And so we have to mature. We're dealing with sonship. We're dealing with the glorification or the glory of the saints. We have to deal with, deacon, keep the reality is that God doesn't necessarily bow down to our pet peeves. There are nuances and things that we like or dislike, but that doesn't mean God agrees with it. Am I am I talking to mature sons? All right. So when you recognize that he's the God over creation, you can start to operate and live your life on a higher plane or in a higher realm because you're not waiting for God to violate his own character to make you feel good. God don't have to destroy people to vindicate you. He can forgive them and make them see they're wrong and change them. Because the greater objective is not that God got them. The greater objective is their confirmation and transformation into christ likeness. This is, I know, this is for the mature. I know, I know, I know, because you're still waiting for God to get them. You still got their picture on your wall, and you just, every day you walk by it, say, God, get them, in the middle of your tongues. kind shikanda, not get them. No, 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 no. Maturity says that God is a God of all creation, and he loves them just like he loves you. Am I still here? Am I teaching all right? Okay. But we have to also realize, and this is something that we have to, now watch this, because we're dealing with evangelism. And Pastor Kears says something so profound about this, and it shook me to the core. Now, this is how I have said it, and he brought another level of understanding to it. I have always said, the 30-second prayer does not save you. How many people have ever heard me say that? I said, the 30-second prayer doesn't save you. People come to this altar, they repeat the 30-second prayer, and they go into hell. He said that true salvation, watch this, has to be a miracle that is the inner working of the Holy Spirit upon the heart of the person to bring them to repentance. That's such a powerful thought because it means that when we are evangelizing, the soul of the person is not our obligation or responsibility. We are only obligated to present the gospel. The work of the Holy Spirit will decide whether or not they actually accept him and become saved. But here's the, here's the other side of that. Are y'all ready? Everybody doesn't want your salvation. Can you be okay? God, Oh, God, help me because we're, de- we're dealing with mature sons. Can you be okay with what God is okay with? Can you be okay with the fact that God knows that there are people on the planet that will go to hell because they will never accept his sacrifice? Now, that's not for us to judge and decide for ourselves. Somebody say amen. But we have to be okay with realizing that there are people who don't want him. Come on, I'm helping y'all, I'm helping y'all. I'm giving you people that are involved in ministry. I'm giving you fuel for your sermon. I'm giving you prophets fuel for your prophecy. Don't prophesy to people like you think everybody is going to have the same destination as you. Because that's a voice you have to filter out in your prophecy. God says it's going to be greater. No, it's not. They're going to be stuck in that rut for 10 years because they're rebellious and they're full of sin and they're not going to change. See, they don't like, they don't like my kind of prophecy because I come in there when I'm standing in under, that, under that prophetic anoint. I say, God, tell me what you really see. I'm not going to promise everybody a great future because everybody ain't going to have. What about the 500,000 plus people who died in COVID? I wonder how many of them had prophecies that things was going to be good. I wonder how many of them sat in a church and heard a word. 2020 is your year. Oh, it's your year. All right. It's your year to see Jesus. You're going to see him as he really is. high and lifted up. They went into 2020 with their slogan that God said and he hadn't said. That's why I'm not under the pressure to have a slogan every year. Because some years he'll say this is the year of destruction. Don't call it that. You got to be okay with the fact that he's God of creation and he's Lord over people that you don't like, but that he's also Lord over people who don't like him. Watch this. Well, let me, let me give you the scripture. Matthew 13 and 58 says this. Watch this. Jesus could not do many works there. Why? Because of their unbelief. Now, listen, watch this. It did not say he chose not to. It said he could not. Y'all better get this. It means, watch this, prophet Donna, that the sovereign will of God is not the most powerful will in, in, in creation. It means the human will is Because God can be in the midst of a people Intending to do something But if they are people of unbelief It ties the hands of an omnipotent God So what does that say to me? It began to talk to me about The responsibility that we have As people of faith To really believe what we say we believe Lord help me please get this out The way that I heard it Because if we are people of unbelief, even when God comes in our midst, he can't do what he said he's going to do. So we'll die thinking the prophet missed it, thinking God missed it, and the reality was our unbelief was the problem all along. We never gave God the environment to manifest what what he said he intended to manifest. Jesus could not work miracles because the people refused to believe in his power to work miracles. So what is it that you don't believe God to do that he's in your face trying to do? Where is he where is he calling you into that you refuse to manifest it because you will not divorce your unbelief? Where is he telling you to walk out into and step out, uh, step out in faith and manifest it and be it and, 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 and glory, be, become glorified in it and, and bring him glory by doing what he called you to do and you won't take the first step? Because of unbelief. See, unbelief says, I can't believe you, disbelief says, I choose not to believe you. So he said, Lord, help my unbelief. Give me some unshakable proof so that my unbelief is silenced. That means you got to come on. That means that you got to get out of the pool of unbelief and get into the realm of the seek. Because if I'm asking him to help my unbelief, it means, Prophet Trendell, I have to be positioned to watch him do something so that I can believe. Stop nursing your wounds of unbelief and get out somewhere where you can see what He's doing. <laughs> Ephesians 4:10 says, "He who descended is also the one who ascended." He, we talked about this Sunday. He descended. He went into the belly of the earth. Somebody say, "He who descended is also the one who ascended." This scripture, Ephesians 4:10 says, that He might fill all things. Somebody say, "Fill all things." In the Greek, the word pleru, it means to bring all things to maturation. So that means, Minister Melissa, that Jesus' objective is always, y'all got to hear this, you got to get it, so that you can discern better when you're stuck in a rut and it's your fault. Because if his if the one who descended is also the one who ascended, and the intention was so that he could fill all things, play through, bring all things to full maturation and consummation, it means that his objective is always working on you and your life experiences to bring it to the utmost level of maturation. That means that there's no stagnancy in God when you're working this principle. Those who love the Lord and are called according to Are the called according to his. That means he is committed to you to bringing all things to the highest level of maturation possible. He's going to bring your love life to the highest level. He's going to bring your love walk with him to the highest level. Are y'all listening? Well, how does he do that? He's going to show you all the areas where you don't really walk in love. He's going to bring your forgiveness walk to the highest level. Well, what he going to do? He's going to show you all the unforgiveness that you buried down in your heart. Yeah. He's going to bring, watch this, your anointing to another level. How are he going to do that? He got to show you your false anointing. Yeah. Oh, there's false anointing in church. Yes. Oh, yeah. Rebellion is that's the sin of witchcraft. what is witchcraft? It's the misuse of power. It's the perversion of power. Witchcraft is the perversion of power. What is power? It's authority to influence. So who's influencing you by witchcraft power? Because they don't have authorized power. I'll wait, I'll let you figure it out. Every witch doesn't have a witchcraft coven. Some of them have a Bible. Some of them have anointing oil. And they're laying hands on you with the oil. Stubbornness is as the sin of idolatry. So you can't be stubborn and serve the real God. No, no, no. Y'all, listen to me. It's, it's, Prophet Donna, it's so plain to me that I'm baffled Without people filled with the Holy Spirit can miss it. How can the God of truth live in you and you kissing deception in the mouth? I mean, I can see it try to kiss you in the cheek and you turn your head a little bit, but you tongue and deception down. <laughs> how can the spirit of truth be living in you and deception got your tongue? What did God say in his word? Y'all salvation don't work like that? It doesn't just come down to what did the word say? No, 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 no. That's a real question. I want y'all to really answer. Does your salvation work in a realm where everything is decided by what the scriptures have already said? I might want to hate you, but I can't do it because the scripture doesn't give me permission to hate you. Y'all just sit here. I could really stop right now. That's enough to think about for the next seven days and to make adjustments in your life for where the word of God doesn't have the final say. Your attitude has the final say. Your family pathology has the final say. Your personality has the final say. The way you tell everybody off has the final say, but not scripture. So if we don't live by the scripture if the scripture doesn't have final judgment on earth how do we think it's going to have final judgment when we cross over into eternity? You want the scriptures about salvation to work but you didn't work none of the scriptures about forgiveness and living on the life, living this life. You want to get in his presence. But Lord, I, I prophesied in your name. Lord. I cast out demons even in your name. Your name has so much power. I built an, an, an entire deliverance ministry. Deliverus.com We cast, we were counting demons, Jesus. We cast out 1.2 million demons. Because we hit a couple of legions on the way. And he says, depart from me because I never knew you. Your nature never became one with my nature. Your nature was never interwoven with my... See, this is, and this is where it takes you. You got to be mature because you got to be willing to admit when stuff is hurting you. And can I use my vernacular? Can, am I free enough to say when stuff is pissing you off? You got to be able to tell the truth and then you got to look truth in the face and say, I worship in spirit and in truth so truth is not unfamiliar to me. Now, truth, what are you working on in me now? Because I can tell you how I really feel. Now tell me what you're really doing. Because his intention is to bring all that he may feel all things. To bring all things to consummate maturation. He's not going to leave me right there knowing that I still got a little bit of I'm going to knock you out in me. Not on, not on the path to glorification. So he's going to put you in situations where all of the same buttons will be pushed. All of the same emotions are going to rise up. All of the same words are going to come to your mouth. But he's going to expect you to respond different. So when you respond different. Minister Roxanne then you can check it up, baby I passed that test I passed the test of glorification I'm going to another level you think the next level is another goose bump? no it's when I stop kicking your and start acting like Jesus that's my level that's when I go to the next place I've got control over my flesh watch this I got control over my live button Cause the 2019 me will go live in a minute and tell the whole region off. But the post pandemic me is working on glory. My shadow got to heal. I ain't got time for y'all. Y'all not even on my level. You not even in my dimension. Your shadow can't heal. Your word don't produce nothing. When you prophesy, nothing comes to pass. I ain't got to worry about people that are not on my level. I'm working on something that you can't even see. I'm working on confirmation into his image. Y'all don't want this and I got to go. But confirmation into his likeness and image means that I got to love people that are trying to set me up. It means that when I'm walking down the street to fulfill purpose and you plucking my beard out that I never turn around and knock you out. It means I let you pull the very beard which represents my, my maturity. It means... I don't get to retaliate at your scandal. Confirmation into his likeness and image means that like a lamb Or a sheep before the slaughter is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. See, some of us fail the glory test right there because your mouth is always open. But there's a level of Christ-likeness when you can't open your mouth, not even to defend yourself. As a sheep before the shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. What do you do when one statement is enough of a defense to shut down all of the haters and God won't let you say it? You go to talk. You you know better than Kishi Tiki topo. God, what you need? What you doing, Lord? He can be. You go to go off in an anointing, drop down on you. Next thing you know, you caught up in a prayer meeting. Don't know why you praying. I don't even feel like praying. I don't even want to feel the angels walking in the house right now. I got something to say. He says, Are you willing? to be conformed into my image because you can only be glorified with me when you can suffer with me. Y'all listen, let me, I gotta stop. I, I, I didn't get to none of these notes. Listen, y'all, listen, 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 listen. Sit down for one second so I could just get my, my thoughts together. Listen, listen. It's gonna cost you. Y'all, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. True power in God is gonna cost you. Now you gotta determine what kind of power you want. Because there's soul power that can come in and rip a room up and go right after that service and get as high as a kite and drunk as a skunk and sleep around. The old front door. I mean, it can sleep all the way around. And then go to the next service the next night and do the same thing. That's soul power. You got to determine what you want. Because soul power, well, maybe that's not your advice. So, okay, soul power, you can come rip the church up and then hate everybody and gossip as soon as you walk out. And gossip! You can sow seeds of discord. You can come in and minister to the saints and then be the only two trying to divide them. That's soul power. Holy Ghost anointed power that has the ability to lay hands on sick people and see them recover. That has the ability to speak a word. Watch this, because Jesus said, your servant is healed. And they researched it and they said, at that very hour, when he said it, see, see you, can, you can walk in a level of glorification to the extent that you don't even have to lay hands. Your word has wings. So you have to decide. All of y'all anointed people, you got to decide what, what dimension of anointing are you after. Because authentic anointing is going to cost. Y'all, I'm telling you, look at me, look at my face. There's no shortcut and you can't fake authentic anointing because we know when you're really anointed or not. We watch this. When you get up here, we know whether or not your anointing is a residue from the last anointed service you were in. We know if it is the manifestation of you spending time, hours in the word and in prayer. We know if your anointing is a manifestation of a fasted, disciplined lifestyle that's very pure. Yeah, because we can tell if you're anointed and then there's flies in the anointing. We can feel it in the atmosphere. Am I out here by my... We can, we, can, we can feel your mixture. Because the anointing is a magnifier. So it, it highlights what's in your soul. It highlights what's in the vessel. So we don't just get your anointing when you're ministering. We get you. We get you. And all that entails. So you gotta determine why there's no shortcut. Someone said there's no shortcut. So if I'm gonna really be anointed, Dewberry, that means I'm gonna have to go through this process of killing my flesh. My flesh nature. My flesh principle. The proclivity. To be fleshly has to die. I had to apologize to some people. I said, I'm so sorry that I'm not the perfected pastor that you would have hoped for. I said, I'm sorry that I didn't reach the plateau of perfection soon enough for you. I said, but my record is in heaven. And the sovereign Lord who judges Israel knows my heart and intention towards him and his people. And I said, as long as I'm in this process of maturation and perfection and my heart is towards him, if he stays with me, then that's enough of an incentive for me to keep going. See, see, some people, watch this, because anointed people, it takes time for us to pay that price. It takes time to pay that price. It, it, it takes time for the harvest of them last seeds that you sold to, to, to sprout up so that God can measure your new response. Some of y'all jump ship before you, 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 you miss your next season of measurement because you jump out of the process before the appointed time. Not about trying to keep church members. Y'all, y'all, people miss it. They, just, they, just, they, 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 they hear a voice and they believe the voice and they change their lives based on the voice. But we can't find the voice in Scripture. We can't find no scripture to validate what you heard and believed. So do you need a ministry platform or a therapist or a psychiatrist? Did y'all ever watch people on, on social media and turn the volume off? Didn't I tell y'all to do that before? Watch them. It look like a bunch of mad men. It looks like a whole bunch of people having psychotic breakdowns. You ever watch, go home and do it tonight. And I don't mean Kobe Mitchell. Turn the volume down so you can't hear what they're saying and just watch. How do so many psychotic people get platforms? Because they heard a voice. Jesus, I just want to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop here. I'll give you one more scripture and then I'll stop here. This is just the introduction of this fifth part of this series that was actually only one message. Colossians 1, 15 through 18 says this. He is the image of the invisible God. This is Jesus Christ. Now, I want y'all to uh, uh, walk with me on this journey real quick. So that you realize Jesus is not just the the cartoon picture you have of him in your head. I want you to see Jesus Christ from heaven's perspective. Okay? Man. The Bible tells us to prefer one another over ourselves. Some of us utterly fail God just because we don't live that out. It's always about me first. It's about me and mine first. It's about let me get mine first. It's about what I want first. What about preferring the brethren? Oh, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in. We can't dwell together in unity if everything you do is trying to tear me down. How are we gonna be unified? And I know you don't like me. to my wife i said i got tired this week i did i got tired this week i told prophet t too i got a little tired of humanity you ever get tired enough that the whole human race the whole race if you identify as human you are a part of the humanoid species said, so the humans are bothering me this week. I said, how could people in ministry be so disingenuous? How can they be so two-faced? How could they be so double-minded? I was really trying to sort through that. And it bothered me. Because we try to be 100 with everybody. That's just the way we are. That's why I am the way I am. What you see is what you get. you, You never have to question. You never have to question. You don't have to question what I think. You don't have to question what I feel. I just, you don't have to do that. And you can blame that on my fifth grade classroom. You can blame it on all them fifth graders that tortured me and tormented me all fifth grade year. That was the year I changed. They completely tormented me. Amen. Every time the teacher left the room, they'd throw in books at me, and I don't know why. I had been in school with these kids since nursery school. These were my friends. Something, I think, puberty, something about puberty, hormone, I don't know what it was. Fifth grade was hell. When sixth grade came, <laughs> it was a whole new Randy furlough. I think I got kicked out by November. Went to Troop. Miss Speary left the classroom crying. Miss Peachy left the classroom crying. I was in Miss Russo's class. I started a sixth grade walkout. Whole sixth grade. I said, Y'all, let's go. We're revolting. Change me. So, y'all can thank fifth grade for the fact that I don't keep my mouth shut no more. But here's the thing. Let me get, I'm gonna make this point and I'm I'm shut up. We try to be 100% with everybody so that what you see is what you get. And you never have to wonder, you don't have to question. If we love you, we love you. If we working on it, you know we are. <laughs> People will put on a veneer of submission and never be submitted. They will act like it, they will talk like it. They will encourage other people to be submitted. They will rebuke people who appear to be unsubmitted and they're never submitted themselves. People will stand in front of this pulpit and say to me, apostle, you don't have to remind us of your frailties. You don't have to remind us of your weaknesses. We don't ever want to hear any of that again. You're our apostle. We're with you. You're the one God sent to us. We're not worried about. God gave you grace. We're not worried about it. And then the one time I say something you don't like. You ain't been back since. You ain't been right since. (laughs) Somebody say "One one time. One time. And they misjudged the one time. and see you on the, the virtual service. Oh, we don't support that. That situation you had yesterday on Facebook Live, we don't support that. We can't have nothing to do with that, so that's why we weren't present. Yeah, but what happened to your apostle and whatever you, is we don't worry about your weaknesses. We're not worried about your frailties, we're with you. Y'all, y'all see my reality? You see how disingenuous people are? They'll lie to you in your face for years. Rebuke everybody. Uh Go hard. That's right. That's right. If you see anything in me, tell me. From this pulpit. This one. Don't make me go roll the glass one out. Tell me because my salvation at stake. Tell me if you see something wrong. Okay, I see something wrong. We ain't seen you since that one conversation. You see? Confirmation. Listen, I'm done. Play something, please. Confirmation into Christ-likeness means you got to suffer what Jesus suffered. Huh? You got to go through what he went through. He had to pour into Peter knowing you're going to, the first chance you get to deny me, you're going to do it not once, not twice, but three times. The first opportunity you get to throw me under the bus you're the only one I trusted to come out of that boat and walk on water I pulled you into my dimension because you didn't have one I pulled you into my level of prayer Peter James and John where the patriarchs appear you didn't even know that dimension in prayer existed but I brought you to the mountain and said come see where I pray Moses and Elijah showed up. Peter? The one that had the revelation about the Christos? None of the other 12 had that revelation. You're the only one who could see. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. My father had to open your eyes to see that. You're moving in a revelatory dimension that surpasses the other apostles. But the first time you get to turn your back, you're going to do it three times. Thomas? You're going to doubt the resurrection power that you've seen displayed? Yeah, I could go on and on. So confirmation into Christ's likeness, beloved, it's, it's not peaches and cream. It's looking at disingenuous people in the face and loving them anyway and ministering to them anyway and doing it from a pure heart anyway, knowing that That you're 30 minutes away from one of your chief disciples cutting a deal with Satan that's going to cost you your life. A chief. He administered the finances. He dealt with the treasury. He dealt with Jesus's economy. Some of this stuff, y'all think I really be subbing. I really don't. It just comes out and then when I say it, I'm like, oh, shoot. I'm done. It means confirmation in the Christ-likeness means I'm going to have a triumphant entrance into the city. They're going to lay down their palm branches so that I can walk or ride on cloaked ground. They're going to sing my praises. Man, you preach. I have never heard nobody preach like that. Nobody in this region preaches like that. I get that all the time. People inbox come nobody. We don't hear a word like that over here. And the same people. Say same. same. Same people. In a 24 hour period when they are given the option to choose your life over the life of a sinner and a thief. They'll say give us the thief. As for the Christos, as for the anointed one, we'd rather see him suffer and die. All he did was preach life and hope and bring deliverance and healing. That's all he ever did. He, did, he never did anything that was wrong to any of them. No one had a justifiable personal offense. No one. They had the revival one night, the next day, the same throng is demanding for him to be crucified. You ready to be conformed into Christ's likeness? That's a lonely walk. It's a lonely walk because part of that conformation into Christ's likeness means that you can see the hearts of people. So you know when they don't mean you no good. But the principle makes you love them anyway because he's bringing all things to maturity. Stand up. Maybe next week I'll get to my notes. I'm real. I talk about real issues. I talk about stuff we all relate to. I talk about things that we experience here. Because I don't have a circus show for you. I have real life. And everybody, hashtag we doing life together. Well, sometimes life hurts and sometimes life sucks. Do we stop doing life and put on a theatrical performance when we don't like what life is dishing out or do we still do life together? We still do life. God is glorifying us as sons of God. But beloved, that's not, that's not a hype word. That's a process word. Some of you, it'll cost your whole sense of identity. Everything you think you are right now is gonna cost you all of that. It's gonna cost you all of that. It's gonna cost you your discipline, it's gonna cost you your relationships, it's gonna cost you how you spend your time. So you gotta decide. Real anointing, authentic anointing, conformation into Christ's likeness, being trained, changed and transformed into his image, being glorified with him according to John 17 or just being a meager Christian with soul power? What is it gonna be? Prophets, either God is telling you his secrets or he's not. So once I discovered that there's a realm where he is revealing secrets, I wanna know what to do to get in there and stay. What does that cost? Once I saw that there are people that have healing ministries and people get healed there, I want to know how do I what, what principles do I have to be governed by to stay in that realm? Once I saw demons cast out one time, I said, God, I know there's power in your name. Show me what I have to do to stay in a realm where the demons have to obey my voice. Show me how to be consecrated to the principles that govern that place. He may make you change your diet. He might. He may say live a fasted lifestyle, no meat for you. You can't wait to eat some other pork chop. As soon as God say no meat, there you go. And the pork chop aisle is stop and shot. God ain't say that. Now we got to wait ten more years for Him to come back around and revisit you with an opportunity to be a healer. Father, we thank you for the spirit of truth in our house. Protect this house. Protect these people. Protect their hearts. Protect their minds. Satan is mad. He hates this house. Jezebel is mad. It hates this house. Death and hell would like to destroy this house. Antichrist wants to infiltrate this house. But, Father, we are those who have been washed in the blood. We've been redeemed. We are saved. We are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. We are anointed. And so I ask you, because we built this church on the foundation of Christ, on the word of God, and on prayer, that you secure our people. Secure their minds, secure their hearts. Let them not be deceived by the trickery of the enemy. Keep their eyes open, free of offense. Let them never be overtaken by a network of the perpetually offended, the pathologically offended, who are doing nothing more than despising the very blood that saved their souls. We ask you for mercy. Mercy upon those. Forgive them for they know not what they do. They really don't know. They're doing it in ignorance. Father, have mercy. Father, forgive. Bring grace. Bring mercy.